This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Sir, I would like to buy some roti chanai, please. Can you give me two dollars? The well-dressed man eyed Siva in disgust. He took in Siva's scraggly beard, emaciated frame and the holes in his clothing. Uh, s- sorry, I have no money, he said, quickening his pace. Siva put his hand on the man's shoulder. Sir, I know the minister, sir. He will catch you. Get away from me, you freak, or I'll call the police. It looked like there would be no roti chanai for Siva today. Morose, he trudged back to his spot, hoping a passerby would be kind enough to drop a few notes in his bowl. Siva had been in this place, outside the accounting firm of Arman Rahman on Jalan Haji Badarudin, for almost a year now. He liked this spot. It was shady, close to the food, and some of the nearby store owners were kind to him. Yes, the people who came through this area tended to be rude. Ah, pagi, 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 pagi. Siva had been yelled at more times here than in all his previous spots combined. But at least, he could call this one his own, not like his previous spot, which he had to share with two drug addicts. Tired, Siva started to sing. It was an old song, one he had heard at the cinema when he was younger. He had forgotten most of the words by now, but the melody comforted him and made him think of his dear Amma. Oh Amma, I miss you. His tummy rumbled. Siva opened the lid of a nearby dustbin and rummaged through it. The smell was overwhelming, but he was used to it by now. All newspapers, rotting fruit, potato chip packets, bread crusts and apple cores, a soggy plastic bag filled with squirming maggots. The same old, same old... Wait! What was this? Half a burger! Siva sang with joy as he fished it out. Passersby looked at him with disgust. A woman in a pantsuit crinkled her nose as she walked past. A mother pulled her chubby daughter close and told her, If you don't study hard, next time you'll become like that. But Siva did not care about any of them as he devoured his burger. He licked his lips and his fingers, making sure none of the delicious sauce was wasted. Oh, so good. As he walked back to his spot, he thought about his day. I saw a butterfly this morning. Someone put 50 cent in my hand. Half a burger. Later, Mary is coming. He sang until it was afternoon, the highlight of his day. It's time to see Mary. Siva thought excitedly as he packed up his few possessions, his bowl, a pillow he had found in the trash, a torn comic book, and left his spot. As Siva walked, he suddenly had a thought. How come it never snowed here? I wonder why it never snows. Always raining all the time. Just hot and rain. Hot and rain. What would the minister say about this? I wonder if he can make it snow. Yes, the minister is very powerful. I'm sure he can make it snow. Not just rain and hot and rain and hot all the time. But these ministers also, what do they know? What do they know? Just simply up there. It was a heated topic. Occasionally, Siva found himself shouting. Around him, people kept a visible distance. Siva stopped his argument only at one point when he bumped into a Chinese man wearing a funny hat. (laughs) Sir, your hat is very funny, like a circus hat. I want it. The man, however, said nothing, flashing a finger at Siva before walking away. Siva was sad. He would have liked a hat like that. (laughs) 
It was an especially busy day at the Bukit Nana's monorail station. It was Friday, with most government departments offering an extended lunch hour for Muslim men to pray. Those who were not in this category, however, took the time to enjoy long lunches and catch up on their shopping. School children in uniforms were plentiful. They boarded the LRT in packs, chattering madly, lugging their oversized school bags. Most of them headed to KLCC, eager to catch a movie or hang out in the parks. Among the throng of people leaving the station was a tall, tanned girl carrying a backpack. She chatted with her friends as they headed to a nearby cafe, griping about boys and college assignments. She was slightly pretty, but also slightly plain. Your average Malaysian girl. Just another face in the crowd. To one person, however, she was an angel. Siva picked Mary out of the crowd instantly. It was easy, as she was so pretty. She wore a blue t-shirt and jeans, and her hair was in a ponytail like an angel. Beside her, however, was her friend, a fat girl with glasses and pimples. Siva frowned. He could not wish Mary good afternoon now or tell her about his day. Fatty would be angry. She would shout at him and send the police after him like the last time. And Siva was scared of policemen with their guns and their handcuffs and their knives. Suddenly, he saw his ama again, with her hands on her hips, scowling. Siva, if you tell lies again, I will call the police. Come catch you. Do you want that? Do you want to go to jail? No, ma. Please, I don't want that. I'm sorry. Dejected, Siva watched Mary and Fatty disappear into the crowd before heading back to his spot. The day, however, was still a good day. As he approached his spot, Siva saw that his best friend, Acheng, had come to see him. She had just gotten off her bicycle, which was now parked against the entrance of Arman Rahman. Jawsan! Acheng greeted Siva. She visited all the dustbins here every day, looking for scrap paper or aluminium cans to sell. Her face was lined and wrinkled, and her snow-white hair was tied up in a bun. Blisters covered her fingers. You can see Mary today. God! Hoa! Aching was just as delighted. She showed him a bottle of kokfa. It was given to her this morning by the kind man at the temple on Jalan Tan Ching Lok. The two took turns gulping it down. It was cool and refreshing. It was many, 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 many nights ago when Siva first met Mary. It was an especially cold night. Siva had been trying to sleep, curled up into a ball on his spot, covering himself with two sheets of newspaper. Most of the paper covered his lower body. Jalan Haji Badarudin was rife with mosquitoes and Siva did not want to wake up to red itching legs. He tossed and turned. The music from the club down the road was especially loud. He tried to block it out, cover his ears with the pillow, but it was for naught. The low bass played havoc with his mind and gave him a migraine. And if things hadn't been bad enough, the voices had come again. Hey, go away! Go away! Go away! They always came when he was sad, angry or hungry, telling him to do things that would get him into trouble. Hit that woman and take her purse. You can buy lots of roti chanai with all that money. The man left his wallet on his car seat. Break the window. Take it. They are laughing at you. All of them. Stop them. Stop them now. To clear his head, Siva decided to go for a walk. He headed to the monorail station. There was a TV shop nearby. If he was lucky, there would be a nice movie showing in the window. He hoped it was a love story. He really liked those. Usually, however, they showed crime dramas. 
ugly little stories with people getting hurt and killed. Siva did not like those. They gave him nightmares. It was particularly festive in Kuala Lumpur that night. Many of the shops Siva passed were done up in lovely red and green decor, or had flashing lights hung on their doors. One boutique had a large tree in its window display, dressed up in silver bows and bells. Siva clapped his hand and gleefully told the couple passing by how pretty it was. They laughed at him and walked away. The TV shop was closed, much to his dismay. Siva decided to head to the nearby McDonald's instead, eager for a bite. There was always good stuff in its dumpsters. It was while he was going through its trash, picking away at discarded pickles and the remains of filet fishes that he met the most beautiful angel in the world. A girl had been walking out of McDonald's at the time. She was wearing a white jacket and a short red skirt. Like everyone else, she saw Siva rummaging through the dustbins. But unlike everyone else, Mary stopped. Aw, you poor thing, she said, heading back into the restaurant. The girl emerged later with a plastic bag containing a whole burger, a drink, and more french fries than Siva had seen in his life. She walked up to Siva and pressed it in his hands. He was ecstatic. <gasps> thank you, sister, thank you. Siva said between bites, his mouth stained with ketchup. It was the best meal he had had in his life, and Siva wished it could have lasted forever. <laughs> Don't worry. It sounded like little bells. And then she told him her name. Merry Christmas, she said. Over time, Siva learned that Mary was often at the Bukit Nana station in the afternoons, so every day he would walk there to see her. Most days she would not be there and he would return to his spot, disappointed. Even on the days he did see her, Siva rarely got to talk to Mary. Fatty would cause trouble or Mary would be busy, rushing away as he approached. This made him sad. He wanted to talk to her, hear her silvery little laugh again. One day he would tell her how pretty she was and share with her all the things the minister had told him. He would invite her to go for a walk with him and meet A Ching and all his friends. They would have the best time. Siva learned to be patient. He'd talk to her soon, one day, when the time was right. For now, he had the chance to see her and that was enough. One day, something happened that changed everything. Mary appeared outside the station with a man. He was taller than Mary and muscled. His hair was spiky and he wore a red shirt and jeans. And he was holding Mary's hand. Siva could not explain why, but the sight made him very sad. <laughs> he burst into tears and ran back to Aching, who hugged him and told him it was all right. She no good for you, she said. Aching told him that Mary was like her stupid daughter, who left for Australia to get married and never came back to see her. Girls like that were trouble. That night, the voices told Siva of all sorts of things he could do to marry. Siva buried his head in his pillow and refused to listen to them. Spiky hair was with Mary the next time Siva saw her, and the next time, and the time after that. One time, Siva watched Mary kiss Spiky hair on the lips, like people did in the movies. Siva felt his heart ache so much he thought he would die. He told Aching he did not want to go to the station anymore, as he hated Mary now. Yet, when the next day arrived, he would get up and leave. 
as usual. One night, a very strange thing happened. Siva had been asleep, dreaming of his dear Amma, when he was awakened by the sound of shouting. He opened his eyes and saw to his surprise, Spiky Hare and Mary walking down the road from the club. The moon was out and there was only a single street light on Jalan Haji Badarudin, which was badly vandalized and close to burning out. Its light had been flickering erratically for several months now. Yet even in the dimness, Siva knew it was Mary. There was no mistaking that pretty face, that sweet voice. The two were shouting at each other. Mary was in tears, screaming at spiky hair, calling him psycho and perverted, and many other words Siva did not understand. Spiky Hair was yelling at her, his face red with anger. To Siva's shock, he suddenly lashed out at Mary with his fists, knocking her to the ground. There was blood streaming from the side of her head. She struggled and kicked as Spiky Hair grabbed her by the hair and pulled her, like a caveman, to a nearby car. He forced her into the back seat and drove the car quickly away, knocking over a dustbin in his haste. Siva was confused. Had it been a dream or was it real? For him, it was never easy to tell. Mary was not at the station the next day, or the next day, or the day after that. The following day, however, policemen showed up outside Arman Rahman. They cordoned off most of the area with tape and headed to the club down the road where they took away the owner in handcuffs. Siva remained hidden until the investigations were over. He was afraid of the police. He knew what they could do. He took two more fruitless voyages to the monorail station before finally finding out what had happened to Mary. Aching had come to visit him. She was grim-faced, a stark contrast from her usual cheerful self. She handed Siva a yellowing newspaper article. Mary, she said simply. Now Siva had never gone to school. He had lived on the streets since he was eight after his Amma died. So he could not even read the simplest of words such as the, and, or but. To say nothing of big words like murder, forensic, or sexually assaulted, which the article was liberally peppered with. He had no idea that the media were reporting a crime described alternatively as the work of an animal, heinous and grisly, and twisted beyond measure. He had no way of reading that baffled policemen were offering a large reward for information. But Siva saw the pictures. A large picture of Mary, her hair over her shoulders smiling broadly, crowds wearing black, and a woman crying as she stood before a wooden box with a framed picture of Mary on it. Another one of a policeman looking serious, police tape strung next to a monsoon drain. Somehow, Siva knew in his heart of hearts that something terrible had happened and he would never see Mary again. In fury, he tore the article into shreds. Mary! Mary! 
he wailed, oblivious to the alarmed stares of passers-by. Mary! 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 Screaming, Siva kicked over dustbins and punched the wall with his fists. He probably would have run amok on the street had not Aching been there to calm him down. Uh, he's drunk, uh, he's drunk. Uh. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh. Don't, don't worry, uh, don't worry. Uh. She reassured concerned onlookers. Don't worry. That night, as Siva cried himself to sleep, <laughs> the voices came. You, you know who did this. You, you know, know what must be done. Siva listened for the first time. The next day, Siva went to the monorail station as usual. Aching begged him not to go. Mary will not be there. You're wasting your time, ma'am. Stay here instead, okay? I will tell you stories. And we can have a nice lunch, okay? A kind man bought me a sandwich today, ah. And I saved half for you already. Forget about Mary, okay? There's no point. Siva did not listen. After all, it was not Mary he was looking for. He went to the station again the next day, and the next, and the next. He will come. He will come. After a month of fruitless trips to the station, Siva's waiting finally paid off. One hot afternoon, Siva spotted spiky hair among the throng of people exiting the station. He was calm and collected as he walked down the road he and Mary usually took together, whistling a merry tune. Siva followed him. Today is a good day, he thought. Spiky Hair made his way to an old apartment block a few roads from the station. The place was old and poorly maintained. Its walls were yellowed with mildew and the floors stank of urine. Large boxes were stacked in piles all over the corridor where stray cats prowled, mewling loudly. Normally, Siva would have stopped to play with the cats. He liked them with their furriness and long whiskers. But this was not the time for that. He followed Spiky Hair up a flight of stairs to his flat. He watched silently as Spiky Hair took out his keys and unlocked his door before taking off his shoes and going in. When Siva tried going in after him, however, the door would not open. Open the door! Why couldn't he go in? Furious, he punched the doors with his right hand, only to scream louder from the resulting pain. Ah, open the door! Weighed down with double frustrations, Siva lashed out again, this time with his left hand. His fist smashed into Spiky Hair's flat window, causing it to shatter. <laughs> Attracted by the noise, a Kepochi woman emerged from a nearby flat. When she saw Siva, she retreated into her home in terror. This had nothing to do with her. Oh no, she didn't see anything. His arm bleeding, Siva picked up one of the bigger glass shards and leapt through the open window. Siva found himself in a kitchen of some sort. A stove stood between a washing machine and a fridge. A calendar with a bikini-clad woman hung on one of the walls. Loud music was playing. Siva recognised the song. They often played it at the club down the road. His arm was hurting badly and Siva felt as if he would pass out. But he grit his teeth and bore the pain. Gripping the shard tightly, he made his way out of the kitchen. Spiky Hair was sitting on a couch, eating noodles while watching television. He was in his underwear and his hair was flat and not spiky like usual. He rose with a scream as Siva entered. Ah! Who the f*** are you? He screamed. 
Get out of my house! Mary! Where is Mary? What? No longer Spiky Hair's voice was quivering. Please, man, take what you want. Don't hurt me. I want Mary. Where Mary? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Lies. The voices hissed. You take Mary, you give her back. Screaming like a banshee, Siva rushed at no longer Spiky Hair, who was too terrified to move. Blood splattered against the walls as he lashed out with a shard, striking at no longer Spiky Hair's hands, his feet, his neck. His last words were an anguished, Please, please. And an unintelligible, almost animal scream, which was drowned out by the loud music still playing on the TV. <laughs> Looking at no longer Spiky Hair's limp body lying on the floor, Siva suddenly felt very tired. His muscles ached and he felt sticky all over. The pain in his arm, which vanished during his attack, was suddenly back and hurting twice as much. He collapsed on the late, no longer Spiky Hair's couch, curling himself up into a ball. Siva had never slept on a couch like this in his life. He was amazed at how comfortable it was. Just then, Siva heard a voice coming from the ceiling. Siva! 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 He looked up to see Mary, smiling at him. Her hair was in a ponytail, and she wore a long silver dress, which made her look very beautiful. Large butterfly wings grew from her back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She laughed. It sounded like little bells. She flew down to Siva and hugged him tightly. She smelled of roses and strawberries. It was the happiest moment of Siva's life. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.